You're listening to Know, Like, and Trust by Stampede Digital Systems. As a pioneer of the Know, Like, and Trust movement, Stampede guides listeners through the marketing process with real-life examples of successful individuals. Today's show highlights a business owner who offers a valuable service, making a powerful impact on the world. With your host, Troy Campbell. Welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you on the show today. This is another amazing, amazing episode of Stampede's Know, Like, and Trust podcast. Today, we have an uh, amazing guest, um, brilliant author, founder, a really good example of Stampede's Know, Like, and Trust goal is to help businesses focus on spreading their dreams, spreading their message of their product, their service, by getting clients and customers to know, like, and trust them. So Neil Thompson is an amazing example of that. He's an engineer, an author, and founder of Teach the Geek. For several years, he worked as a product development engineer in the medical device industry. He had given monthly presentations as part of his job. After one too many failed presentations, he knew he had to improve. He took everything he learned in becoming better as a public speaker, and created a course, Teach the Geek to Speak. He now engineers and sci- he now helps engineers and scientists like himself turn their technical expertise into effective presentations. He also hosts a YouTube channel, youtube.teachthegeek.com, and a podcast where he interviews those in STEM who do public speaking, picking their brains on how they became better public speakers. Thank you, Neil, for joining us today. It's an honor to have you. Thanks for having me as well. And thanks for calling me an amazing guest. But if I found out that previous guests were called amazing as well, I'm going to be quite offended. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm easy, easy to love people. So almost everyone to me is amazing in their own way. <laughs> if everyone's amazing, no one's amazing. And and you know what I always say too? I say I love everyone. Some people I love when I'm with them, and some people I love when I'm when I'm not. <laughs> but we, I love when I'm with you. So thanks, Neil. So now we want to know the story of. I mean, I outlined a little bit when I just introduced you. So, so tell us more about that. Sure. I started off in as a research associate when I got out of school, and that job didn't require any public speaking at all, and I had no problem with that whatsoever. It was during my second job as a product development engineer where public speaking actually came into the fore, I guess. I had I became what was called a project lead. And essentially all that meant was the company was too cheap to hire project managers. So they made the product development engineers take on that role. And, and one of the responsibilities of that role was having to give project status updates in front of senior management every month. And those first few presentations that I had to give were absolutely horrendous. I don't know if it was possible to sweat any more profusely. And you would have thought that over time that I would have practiced more, you know, put a little bit more effort into it. But I didn't, at least for those first few presentations, it, it, what really ended up happening is my project got canceled. And I, I firmly believe even to this day that perhaps if I was better at conveying what was going on with the project, perhaps I could have saved it. We'll never know, I suppose. That certainly was the wake-up call that I needed to know that I needed to get better at public speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is what is what? I've heard that statistic 
bandied around a bit. It says more people would rather die than actually speak in public. They have more. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one, man. I, I kind of like living. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, if you ask, like, what's your greatest fear? It's like public speak. I don't know. Yeah. But okay. So, and, and it didn't come natural. And, and so, so you had to, you had to practice. I, you know, to me, this looks like it's, it's an outline of the hero's journey, right? The hero is going along, living his life, and all of a sudden an event happens that makes him have to realize something needs to change. And so that's where you're at. You're going, you know what? I'm bombing at this. So, so what happened then? Once, once you realized you needed to change, what did you do? Well, I joined Toastmasters. It's a, for those of you who don't know about that, it's an international organization whose main goal is to help people become more effective at public speaking. No matter where I was living at the time, I joined. I was a member of a Toastmasters club. Toastmasters is an excellent forum to practice your public speaking, and so I, I got better at doing that. And then also just volunteering to, to speak at various opportunities you know, at, at the job to to kind of improve and to increase my reps. In addition to the practice I was getting at Toastmasters club, and essentially I got a lot better at it especially when it came to translating all this technical data that I had as an engineer to non-technical people, many of whom were members of that senior management team. And I took everything that I learned in becoming more effective in public speaking and I turned it into a course called Teach the Geek to Speak. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to have to, if you've been a Toastmasters, I'm going to have to watch my us and arms and odds. <laughs> Yeah, Toastmasters are very strict on the on Benaz. Depending on the club that you're a member of, they may even have a clicker. Every time that you use um or ah, uh, they click. Right, right. So, so teach the geek. That I love that. And and now suddenly the student becomes the teacher. Yep, absolutely. That's exactly what happens. Well, so and so now you created this course, and um. I suppose you were probably seeing uh, a lot of speakers that and, pre and presenters that needed it. Oh, most certainly. I, I wasn't the only person that was terrible at public speaking as an engineer. I would sit in sometimes on some of the other product development engineers and their project status updates, presentations, and they weren't all that much better at it than I was. So I certainly saw there was a need outside of myself. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you've got a a love for writing. Yeah, I do like to write. I like oh, I like a lot of things. Well, but writing is certainly one of them. And um, one of the things I noticed, um, uh, kind of researching your story, was you even wrote a teacher's uh, children's book. Yes, I wrote a children's book called "Ask Uncle Neil Why Is My Hair Curly." The book is about my nephew asking me why his hair is the way it is, and I use science to answer the question. Oh, I'll bet the kids love that. Yeah, I've done some book readings in, in, in schools, and children do seem to respond rather favorably to it. It's kind of different. Yeah, I can imagine. If I was a kid and someone started explaining the scientific science about my hair, I would just that would just thrill me. <laughs> yeah. yeah eventually i want to make it a series so essentially the the series will always be my nephew asking me a question and i'll use science to answer beautiful beautiful 
Um, and, and what a great way to teach children about science. The reason I wrote the book for, for children, specifically kids around six to eight, is I want to give them the confidence at an early age to know that there are no careers that are off limits to them. I often hear, especially when you get older, maybe even end of high school, going to college, a lot of people say that STEM isn't for them because it's too hard. But if at six to eight years old, you have that confidence, even as you get older, it'll be more difficult for anybody to sway you off that path. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, if, if you're already steeped and already in love with, with the, the, the STEM um, area, then uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's something familiar, it's something that you're used to. Yeah, and you'll, and you'll be willing to do whatever it takes to stay on that path. So fun. Um, so, okay, so, so now you, you've created some courses and, and, and you're taking your love of writing and you're writing books. So how do you, how do you now reach out and, and take that to people? Well, with the course, that was a struggle at first. I built this course and then I figured people would come to it, but that's not exactly what happened. I ended up hiring somebody who was a little more savvy at marketing and you know, developing strategies and how to get myself out there, but essentially promoting the brand to help me in doing just that. And I basically took all of their suggestions to heart and, and implemented them. I, you mentioned in my introduction that I have a podcast. It was actually that person's idea for me to start that YouTube channel and podcast and talk to people about public speaking and just really getting the brand teach the geek out there. So that's just one of the instances of, of me getting out there. And then with the children's book, I've done book readings in schools and then I've also done book signings at, at bookstores. So that's really been helpful in, in getting the, the book out there. Well, we, we hope that people listen to this podcast and are attracted and can, can connect with you as well. Um, uh, you know, I really love the, the idea that you're the one podcast because Stampede, we're a, a digital marketing firm. And so that's what we help people with. We can do podcasts and do other things. And and we would advocate exactly what you're doing because especially like YouTube, YouTube is integrated with Google. And so that's good SEO. But then doing that that good, unique, relative content, um, that, that's what people need. You know, and I think Google likes that as well because here is, you know, people, people were looking for um, a course and they found you, there's some value that they would get from that. And so that makes it a little bit better. So yeah, I, I, I totally, um, think that your, 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 the way you're going about it is just brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really enjoy speaking with the, the people that I have on the YouTube channel as well. They typically are similar to me in that they, they work in STEM, either they're engineers or scientists, but they, they also, like myself, saw the utility in becoming more effective in public speaking. And it's really interesting to learn from them what they did to get better at it and what tips they can offer to others. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about, uh, about that. It's, it's sort of like a mastermind in a way where, you know, where people are, are joining together and, and and exploring that and and then it, and then that explodes because 
you know, you have multiple minds all focused on the same thing. Yeah, I, I, that's a good way to look at it. I tend to ask them similar questions, and it's really interesting to hear the different answers to them. So, for instance, I may ask the question, "What pro do you, do you have a do you have a process for putting your presentations together?" And so, what is it? And it's very it's always really informative and enlightening to hear people's process of how they actually put their presentations together and what they're thinking about when they're doing so. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has the, um, so this process of putting all this together, has it always been easy? No, it was at least when I first started. I mean, I, I mentioned that my first presentations when I was giving, when I was giving them for the company, for those, for those product project status updates were terrible. And because I didn't have a process at all, I would just slap some stuff on slides and get up there and read them. And that's probably the worst thing you can do when it comes to at least engaging people and keeping their attention. Right. Because ultimately, if you're just up there reading slides, you're not you're not you're not doing public speaking. You're doing public reading. Yeah, yeah. When people, when people aren't going to pay attention, they're just going to either ignore you or just kind of just zone out. And I noticed that I was doing poorly when I was getting questions afterwards that I thought I had answered during the presentation, but because I didn't present the information in a way that people could take in, I was having to answer these questions. So basically I was wasting my time, I was wasting the audience's time. Yeah. You know, I've noticed um, a lot of value has been created by writers, entrepreneurs, um, scientists from experiencing, you know, to for lack of a better word, failure at something. You know, it, it's what draw, drove them to find something better. Well, I got better at public speaking because I got tired of looking like a fool every time I had to give these presentations in front of people. And <laughs> coupled with the fact that my project got canceled, I thought I was going to be out of a job. I mean, I did it basically out of necessity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was driving you to. Yeah, survival, <laughs> sink or swim. You, cho you chose to figure out how to swim. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so, so you then you so you were at Toastmasters, and suddenly you discovered that there were actual principles that you could learn and master. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to public speaking. The first thing that people should take into account is knowing your audience. When I put, as I mentioned, when I was putting my first presentations together, I, I didn't take that into account at all. I was just putting stuff on slides and getting up there and reading. And I wasn't taking into account the, the knowledge of the people that were in the audience already. So oftentimes I'd be talking about things that are even using acronyms, technical jargon that they didn't even understand. And when you do that, why would you even expect people to pay attention? Then you definitely are going to get questions afterwards. And yeah. you, and as I said, you're wasting everybody's time. It, it just makes more sense when you're putting your presentations together to think about the, the, the level of the people you're going to be speaking to and speaking to that level. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, so what's next for you now that you've, uh, you've got this great course, you've got some books? Um, so what it, you know? What are the next steps you see for yourself? Well, 
Teach the Geek to Speak was the first course in what I planned on, on making, a, I guess, a suite of courses. All of them having to do with skills that engineers and scientists tend to not be all the best at, but can improve on. So I plan on making courses on things like interviewing skills, networking, you know, soft skill type of courses that could really benefit people that work in STEM. And then, as I mentioned earlier, my, my book, Ask Uncle Neil, Why Is My Hair Curly? is going to be the first of, a, of many, hopefully. And they always will have my nephew asking me why something is the way it is, and I use science to answer it. I love it. I love it. And, and then that gets their little brains uh, used to and, 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 and uh, lit, lighted up with, with scientific inquiry and, and that fascination that comes with just seeing in our, the hair structure in anything how amazing our world is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the reason I even picked hair is because it's something that, well, with, with, the, with the exception of bald people, oh, everyone can, can relate to. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, that's, it's, that's beautiful. Um, I love that you're finding from something that challenged you, you're finding it's almost like it's a fount of uh, creativity. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's something that creativity and, and I guess engineers and scientists don't typically go hand in hand, but it's it's certainly something I guess that I'm looking to challenge. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that. Um, so I when I was in high school, um, I was a, a, a AP art, um, and and I think I was really art sort of whatever that you know, the left brain, right brain, I don't know if that's real or not, but the, there's that artist kind of personality versus the, the mathematical personality. I was very art brained, I guess. And when I, when I started to really learn how to be a great artist, not that I am now, but I was learning how, um, I suddenly saw in it that it, all of this math all of this engineering, you know, all all this science that that goes into to the art, and and so then when I realized that, then I started going, I'll bet you with uh, that's conversely on these things that people think are very engineering side, very kind of left brain side. I'll bet you there's a lot of artistry and creativity um, if you're going to be doing it really great. Yeah. 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 I never, I never really thought of it that way, but hearing you describe it. Yeah. That, that certainly does sound like it makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, I, you know, look at a, look at a engineered bridge and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous or an engineered skyscraper or anyway, it's just, it's just a thought I had when I was just a kid, just thinking, Oh, this is bigger than I thought it was. These are, there's more of a combination, but, but then we get stereotyped, you know, in our in our little boxes. Oh, that's he's a science guy. He's, he has no creativity. But you know what? There is creativity there. It's just expressed differently. So. Yeah, and and if you do get put in that box, it's it's on you to to break out of that box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's up to us to break out of the box because the boxes are boring. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the foxes are limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, definitely that's what you're doing now is you are breaking the box and, and helping people learn these soft skills. I imagine in, in, at the university and, and training and pursuing everything that you're doing, there's a lot of knowledge you're getting and there's probably not a lot of time to practice some of these soft skills. Oh, for sure. This, this definitely wasn't something that was emphasized when I was in school. And it's a shame because ultimately when you start working, you're not just going to be working around people that are like you. I mean, I was giving presentations in front of the CEO, the VP of sales, VP of marketing. Like they don't have any engineering background at all. Like they're decision makers. So it's really important to impart information to them so they can make informed decisions. And if you're not good at that, then miscommunication happens and then poor decisions are, end up getting made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that, that take, that's a, that's a art and a science, being able to translate things into language that others can understand. Well, for sure. And it's really helpful to, in, in order to do that is to use language that is more commonplace. So you're not going to use the technical jargon with the CEO or the VP of sales because they may not understand it. Use more plain language and you're more, you'll be, better at getting your point across. I love it. That's beautiful. Um, I think there's something almost, yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful that, I don't know, there's something that it's, that it's really about connection. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you can't connect with your audience, if you can't connect with, then, then how are you going to persuade? How are you going to, why, you know, don't even get up in the first place and present because in the end it's, about other people being persuaded or learning or being able to comprehend and get behind what we're doing and and progressing that way. Yeah, for sure. They're they're definitely not going to be persuaded by anything you say. What's more likely to happen is they'll go on their phone and and figure out what they're going to have for lunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, play a little bit of the the jewel game, you know, they're... (laughs) <laughs> while they're uh, supposedly listening to you. Yeah, that would be so... I, if that happened to me, that would break my heart. I'd be like, why am I here? I, I, I commend you in the fact that that's never happened to you. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> and you'll keep it that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, uh, Neil, I mean, you are... Really, you are a, an avatar in a way of the no like and trust um, principle that that stampede here that we're trying to teach. Because what you're what you're really doing is you're saying there are some skills and some talents that we can um, acquire and master that will help us get people to know us and know what we're talking about and like it and trust us. Thank you. Yes. An avatar. I like that. <laughs> so, and teachthegeek.com. I just love the principle. Um, well, Neil, we have uh, on the show, we've got to know you today and we've got to like you, dare I say, love you and trust you. So thank you so much for being with us. Um, I'm so, congratulations on uh, really on the book, Ask Uncle Neil. I just love that whole concept. I hope that you keep building these and keep doing those stories. I'm going to, uh, make sure I've got a link to your page and watch and watch the, the progress because 
Um, I just, it just fascinates me, um, each piece that you're doing. How can we get a hold of you? Well, there's teachthegeek.com. To get a hold of me through the YouTube channel, it's youtube.teachthegeek.com. And for the children's book, Ask Uncle Neil Why Is My Hair Curly, you can go to askuncleneil.com. Super duper. Well, thank you for joining us on our show today. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. You have been listening to Know, Like, Trust by Stampede Digital Systems, a part of the Stampede Podcast Network. The questions from today's interview have been adapted and simplified from the powerful marketing tool, the Sales Site Blueprint. To learn more and get the full set of questions to start your business on the Know, Like, Trust path, download your free Sales Site Blueprint today from StampedeWeb.com. That's StampedeWeb.com. Until next time, this is Be Rich, signing out.